welcome to another episode of Two Guys in a Chainsaw. I'm Todd. I'm Craig. And today we decided we'll go for comedy. We're doing Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Craig, you suggested this one. Have you seen it before? Yeah, I've seen it before. You know, we've talked about watching this one for a long time. You've seen it before too, right? Yep, yep. Yeah. And it's funny because not only have I seen it before, but I've watched it several times. Uh, this is one of those movies that's, you know, kind of just easy to put on on a Sunday afternoon and you can kind of pay attention here and there. If you've got other things going on, it doesn't really matter. It's hilarious uh, <laughs> it throughout. Is. And so, you know, you can just kind of get, having seen it all the way through, of course, you can then just kind of catch little parts that uh, are funny even, you know, without context. It's, yeah. It's, it's, it's just funny all the way through. It's pretty cool. I actually... Uh as you know, owned and ran an independent movie theater for a while, and this movie came out at that time. I think it was about 2010 or 2011 yeah. when that when that came out. And this just came across my lap. It was one of the films that the distributors, uh, the, the particular distributor that I got most of my films from, had, and I hadn't heard of it. I hadn't seen any ads for it, mm-hmm. and all I had done was check out the trailer online and said, this is a cool looking movie. Yeah. What an awesome premise where it takes that idea of the hillbilly killers and flips it on its head right. and says, what if, what if the hillbillies are just minding their own business and it's the kids who were causing more trouble than good because they're used to that trope. And, uh, and so, yeah, I, we watched it, uh, I, it did pretty well at our theater actually, but I think it only got a limited release in the U S it did. Yeah. I mean, it. uh, in fact, I think the production was, a little I don't know if the production itself was trouble but I think it was made and then sat on a shelf for a little while um, before it got released and then like you said limit I didn't know it came to your theater because it was really limited and um, it didn't really do that great no actually in the US I even have the figures here domestic gross all like to date is like $224,000 yeah which is insanely low and uh, foreign gross though was four four and a half million right? So it's really depressing that this. Uh, I guess it's a Canadian American film, True. so maybe some of that foreign comes from Canada. But this is a kind of movie that just fits right in with uh, a genre film that a lot of American horror audience would love. I think so, and I think that you know it's it's established a following enough so that uh, there's a sequel planned. I mean, it's in super early stages, so who knows if it'll actually happen? But when I saw those numbers, I, I was really surprised that any studio would greenlight a sequel but maybe it's generated <laughs> enough buzz you know just cult kind following. of word of mouth yeah cult following that they might be able to have some success again maybe it was a kickstarter uh effort to I, get I have no idea or something maybe i, I love the movie I, I enjoyed watching it the second time around just as much i don't think it's without its flaws but it is it is cute and it is funny yeah it's not a perfect movie um and I would say, you know, it's for the first half, at least, it's just hilariously funny. And that, yeah. as the stakes kind of get higher in the second half, the laughs kind of dwindle, dwindle a little bit. And I found myself kind of missing laughing as much as we had been through the first half. But it's not boring. It's entertaining. Um, and like you said, the the premise is just, it's so clever because we've seen so many of those hillbilly movies where it's, <laughs> you know, crazy, sometimes deformed hillbillies um, laying siege on, you know, families or groups of kids or whatever. And so to take that really, really familiar framework and then do something clever with it, I think 
is clever and 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 cool. Yeah, because you can really only go so far. Hillbillies are another one of those genres, like we were talking about cannibals. Mm-hmm. You can only go so far with it before it becomes boring, and you've seen everything you can see with it. So e- Exactly. I mean, you can only <laughs> watch those wrong turn sequels so many times. I mean, <laughs> what what more can they do? That's and right. And really, they just, those in particular, you know, those are kind of the... Yeah, what would you call like the touchstone of those films uh, these days? And they have just gotten progressively worse as yeah. time has gone on. <clears throat> Did you ever see Jughead? Yeah. Now yeah. That, that again took that hillbilly trope, but really put an odd spin on it. But that's what you have to do is put some crazy odd spin on it for it to be interesting. That was the one with some like entity they had to yeah, sacrifice. Yeah, a big pit yeah, yeah. in the woods. Yeah, was that strange. was a different one. Yeah. Well, this one, you know, okay, so we got Tucker and Dale. You know, there's these two good old boys. I, you know, they they refer to themselves and everybody else refers to them as hillbillies throughout. But they're just good old guys. They're not really hillbillies. No. Not in the sense that we think of hillbillies. And, 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 you know, we're in the Midwest. So we... <laughs> yeah. We're in a position to see the Ozarks are not far from us. We we kind of understand the spectrum, and these these kids, I don't know, you'd almost more call them rednecks than yeah. hillbillies, wouldn't you? Fair enough, fair enough. But they call themselves hillbillies, right? Yeah. Right, and that's you know they're playing on the stereotypes. Obviously, it's funny the first time that we see them. Um, well, I guess we should talk about the opening first because it's kind of a bookend kind of deal. Yeah. It comes back to the end. Um, we open. It was very reminiscent of like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, right? Mm-hmm. Which opens kind of like. With with this investigative thing. First thing I thought of, yeah. Yeah. And um, it's this news reporter, and it's going through this kind of rundown-looking place. You don't get to see much. I think it was in black and white. And it was, it was like, filmed through a camera, like a found footage type thing. Right, exactly. Um, and they're walking through this weird place, and then all of a sudden, this scary guy jumps out with, like, a club or a hatchet or something and takes out... It appears that it takes out the uh, news crew. And that's, you know, just kind of a cold open. And then we cut directly to this road scene where there's this group of college kids, yeah. generic college kids. Driving think, in the car. Right. I think there's about <laughs> nine of them. You know, we've seen this opening in a million different movies. They're, you know, they're driving through the woods of Appalachia. And it's all just, you know, there's, I think, nine of them, which yeah. is kind of ridiculous, <laughs> it, really. It's really funny because if you're counting, I think there are like eight. And then toward the end of the scene, one pops up in the very back. Yeah. It's almost like they're playing. With that it's like too. a clown car, right? yeah. <laughs> and of course, it's just you know the typical thing. There, you know, it's pretty girls, pretty boys, jocks. You know, they're like smoking doobies in the car and whatnot. We are in hillbilly country now, boys. Chad, just because they're not in your fraternity doesn't mean they're freaks. Well, actually, it does, Allison. You see, you're either Omega Beta or you're a freak. Omega Beta. Omega Beta. I'm in a car full of morons. They're laying it on pretty thick. <laughs> very thick. Very thick. And uh, come driving by them is this pickup truck uh, in which are Tucker and Dale, who we haven't really met yet. And as they drive by, it's just these two kind of redneck-looking guys in a truck, but they're staring at them as they pass. <laughs> And it's that typical, you know, sinister, scary locals They're type of thing. Slack jawed as they stare out the window. Oh yeah, they, they, look, they look dumb. It's, it's, and so then, then you know, they go past. And then we cut to I think them in the car Tucker and Dale. That's right. And they're just they're just chatting. You know yeah. I, they they were staring because there were hot girls in the car. Uh-huh. Um, and you know they are friendly, likable guys. You know it's really funny. We uh, we were about halfway through it, and I realized these guys kind of look like us like like you and me 
<laughs> you've got uh, Tucker, um, uh, who would you know be the Todd type, who's kind of like this dopey looking blonde guy, and then <laughs> oh, I get to be the dopey. Yeah, guy. yeah, and then you've got like the more intellectual uh, well, Dale. N- no, he's kind of like the ruggedly handsome teddy bear oh, type, right, you know, of course, yeah. with the beard and everything. <laughs> <clears throat> And, um, you, you know, you get the sense right away, you know, these guys are buddies, they're good friends. And, and we find out that what's, what's going on is they are going to a cabin in the woods, um, mm-hmm. that they, uh, Tucker has bought with all his life savings and they're just going to go hang out and fish and drink beer and have a good time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then we get right next to the next classic scene from these movies where we get the preppy kids out of their element in this rural place where everything appears super creepy. It's the last chance gas station. Yep. Like literally titled that as they're driving in oh, there's hilarious. a kid I didn't see that. there's a kid pumping water. Yeah. He's got like a straw hat on and overalls and he's pumping water in the front. Again, totally laying it on super oh, yeah, thick. Yeah. And they go into this gas station and the guy behind the counter is completely well I mean, he couldn't have a thicker accent. And there is uh, Tucker's the skinny one. Yeah, Tucker's the skinny one. Uh, Tucker's the me. Yeah, the you, right? Okay, so T- Tucker, I mean, <laughs> uh, is standing uh, there, and he just turns around and stares at them as they go in, too. And they're looking for some drinks or some bug spray or whatever. And in the meantime, the guy at the counter is rattling off this list of items for, for Tucker. And if you're listening, because it does slip into the background as the uh-huh. focus goes on the kids through the store, but if you listen, it's pretty funny, the stuff that he's rattling off for him that they're apparently collecting to take mm-hmm. to their cabin. One of them that I caught was lubricated condoms. Yeah. And uh, and these kids, of course, are, are pretty freaked out there in the gas station as well. Go outside to basically finish pumping their gas and pack up all their goods into their cooler. And in the meantime, you have Tucker and Dale standing there by the back of their truck. And we get the introduction of what is to be a, a thread through the whole thing, mm. and that is Dale has a problem with his uh, self-image. Yeah, he's an insecure guy. Yeah, and he's like, oh, I don't know if a, a girl like pretty girl like that would want anything to do with me. And Tucker's like, you got to go for it. you got to talk to her. And he's like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I would. He's like, no, you got to go. Go up and talk to her. You know, you only live once. And don't forget to smile and laugh a lot. So, <laughs> inexplicably, he pulls... He pulls a, a big sickle off yeah. of the truck. <laughs> it looks like the Grim Reaper's, Reaper's side or something. That's the part I didn't understand at all. Uh, the, I think that he was just. I think that he was just nervously grasping for something to have in his hand because oh. because first he had grabbed like a like a, a pipe or something, and um, uh, Tucker had like taken it from him, oh. and so then he just kind of reaches around behind him for something, and that's what he grabs. And he didn't notice that it was a, right. a sickle because it's, it's huge. over his it's like head. Eight feet tall, yeah. <laughs> Or scythe, I guess, yeah, whatever yeah. you call it. And he walks towards him, and of course, he looks freaky. And he, he, he's, uh-oh. You guys, uh, going camping? <laughs> hey. Hey. Now, look, we don't want any trouble, all right? So just oh, help back oh, okay, oh, oh, okay, 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 I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and they all run into the car. And Chad uh, is the guy in the group who's a little more assertive than the rest of them. Yeah, their leader, kind of. And he looks at him and says, stay away, stay away, buddy, stay away, uh, and and lets the girls get in the car, and then he goes in, and of course he turns back and goes, see, what did I tell you? Right, and then the whole thing, I mean, that's, 
it's already started, but from there on, it's just a it's a comedy of errors. It's yeah. all about misunderstandings. It's all about being in the wrong place at the wrong time. These guys, you know, they just want to have a good time. You know, they're they're headed off to this cabin. There's little gags. We're, there's no way we're going to be able to talk about all the gags because no. there's so many. But there's a funny gag when they're on the way to the cabin and they get pulled over by a cop and they're drinking beers and uh, Tucker drops his beer in his lap and so Dale <laughs> bends down over his lap to try to like I guess get the beer can or dry him off or whatever and then somehow he gets stuck down there. <laughs> and so then when the cop comes up, they're in a compromising position. And, and Dale's shirt was caught, so when he jumps up, he doesn't have a shirt on. Right. <laughs> but that's an interesting scene because the cop says to them, uh, as they say, what, what are you doing? He says, oh, we're going up to my cabin. I have a, I'm very excited. I have a summer home that we yeah. want to get out to. The cop says... Ain't nothing up there but pain and suffering you can't imagine. Yeah, that was that was kind of weird. It was yeah. the only thing that didn't seem circumstantial. Now, my thoughts on that is when they get to the cabin, and they do get to the cabin right after that, and it looks almost identical to the cabin from Evil Dead. Yes. Um, it's run down. But, of course, they think it's fantastic. They can't believe, <laughs> you know, their luck at, at finding this treasure of a home. And they go in and uh, everything's, you know, it's dusty. It's a mess. It's obviously been abandoned for a long time. And they're kind of looking around at some of the things, like, hanging from the ceiling and stuff. And uh, there's, like, bone, like, like wind teeth. chimes and, yeah, like... Big yeah, big ribs. And they say, you know, this... this whoever lived here before must have been some sort of archaeologist or something. And, <laughs> and I think uh, Dale says, well, they must have really been news hounds, too. And they find this board, you know, the classic board with all the clippings of, like, murders and stuff. But, but Tucker hones in as they're staring at it. He hones in on Chubby's Chili Dog Depot. Buy three, get two free, no expiration date. All right. <laughs> Score. <laughs> right. So they don't even, like, they're oblivious. So my, my guess with the cop is that whoever had lived there before was maybe some sort of psycho killer yeah. or maybe even the psycho killer that's referenced later on in I kinda, the movie. Yeah, I kind of got that sense. And a lot of the comedy comes from uh, their obliviousness to right. this. But also, it was an interesting turn where instead of the kids being warned away from the cabin, these guys were warned away from the cabin. Right, right. And they, almost like the kids in those old horror movies, go to the old cabin and are oblivious to the uh, craziness around it, and it doesn't seem creepy to them. Right. Yeah. It, it, it's funny. <laughs> it's played for gags, and it's funny. What really sets the accent into motion is uh, Tucker and Dale go fishing. The kids are camping uh, somewhere nearby. First of all, they're sitting around a campfire, and Chad says that he has this scary story and it's a true story and it goes into this kind of flashback slash campfire tale kind of thing it's yeah. you know it's a, a scene separate you know it's it's kind of in sepia tones like a flashback or whatever and he tells this story about how 20 years ago in this very spot a group of kids had come out to party for memorial day weekend and um they had been slaughtered by uh local hillbillies uh, and it's a good scene you know you've got some good gore it's it's fairly typical of the type of scene that you would find in these hillbilly movies. It really is. He says there was only one survivor. That's kind of it, you yeah. know, but we get the feeling that that's probably going to be relevant later. Yeah. <clears throat> but then anyway, so Tuck, it's nighttime and Tucker and Dale are fishing. The rest of the kids, they decide they're going to go skinny dipping 
Chad tries to make a pass at Allie. Allie is the really, really beautiful blonde. I mean, you can tell just the way that she's juxtaposed against the other girls. The other girls are supposed to kind of fill cliched roles and kind of fade into the background. She's clearly your girl, you know? She's the one. She's the the pretty one, right? Chad uh, very sleazily tries to come on to her, and she rejects his advances, and then she goes to follow the other kids who have gone. She climbs up onto a rock and starts to disrobe and uh, Dale is a gentleman and covers his eyes and um, when he says something to uh, Tucker that he should cover his eyes the girl sees them thinks they're peeping or whatever um, still has that perception of them she screams she slips she falls Tucker and Dale kind of have a little you know funny moment there together before they realize that she hasn't come back up uh, from under the water so they go and they they fish her out and <laughs> one of the other girls the super ditzy big big boobed girl uh, of the group Chloe I think was her name it's totally irrelevant yeah um, <laughs> none of these other names are really important no, no I, I don't even think they all got names that's like, probably uh, I, I, I kept <laughs> one of them was Todd I think there, there's yeah. two there's two black characters didn't catch their names I, I don't know <laughs> not before they died Died. Not before they died, right? Um, but anyway, the other the kids see Tucker and Dale pulling the girl into the boat. They think that they've <laughs> killed her or are taking her to kill her or whatever. And Dale stands up and goes, we got your friend! Yeah. <laughs> hey, college kids, we got your friend! <laughs> oh no, they've got Allie! Yeah, and it's that sort of uh, misunderstanding that then fuels the rest of the action for the next... 40 minutes or whatever. Yeah, and it's really just that. It is the them thinking that Tucker and Dale are bad people and that they're torturing her, forcing her to dig her own grave, all these misunderstandings from afar. They go in to try to save it, but through other mishaps, uh, they themselves end up essentially killing themselves. Uh, one of them run, is running away. Actually, I thought that scene was really hilarious where Dale is, uh, Tucker is cutting into a piece of wood with a chainsaw mm-hmm. as the other group is approaching the cabin. And he accidentally cuts into a... Beehive. Beehive, thank you. And uh, he's running around now, again, like an idiot, uh, yeah. with his chainsaw still running, uh, running forward with this running chainsaw, wildly swinging it. But the other kid thinks he's chasing him, and so he's running away too, and they're both running through the forest together. And uh, Tucker kind of gets ahead while this kid act- isn't watching where he's going and basically impales himself uh-huh. on the tree. It's so funny because then then Tucker comes back in. And he goes, "Well, I saw that kid. He must have been afraid of. He must be afraid of bees too, or allergic <laughs> yeah. to bees too. <laughs> Doesn't know that he's been killed right. uh, until later. It's just funny. Uh, yeah, it's really clever. And like, I, I don't even know if I noticed this before, but that kid as as they're running. It, the speed kind of slows down a little bit. It kind of goes a little bit slow-mo as Tucker starts to pass, and he looks over and is confused. Like, I thought this guy was chasing me. What's going on? Mm-hmm. And the fact that he's not paying attention is the reason that he gets killed. And then he's impaled, and he, he sees this bee buzzing around, <laughs> and it lands on his nose, and you just see the realization in his eyes Oh, <laughs> he was just running away from the bees and right before he dies. Yeah, um, that was a really cool moment. Yeah, I enjoyed that it moment was clever. a lot. And there are lots of little clever moments like that. There are. There are also, I think, some really forced situations in here. I think part of what... Sometimes this movie's a little too clever, I think. Yeah. Um, there are times when, you know, they're dodging and they have plenty of time to sit down and suddenly have this conversation. For example, I think the kids are shooting at them from outside into the cabin and they're laying down on the floor uh, trying to get away and they start blaming each other. Oh, this is your fault. This is your fault. This is my fault. This is my fault. And I don't even like fishing. And he's like, 
you don't like fishing. And suddenly the mood changes where, yeah. you know, they have these moments. And I guess in a screwball comedy, that sort of thing happens all the time. But there's also a part of me that's going, yeah, but you guys should be worried that these kids aren't breaking down the door by now. You gotta take the safety off! You're something, Dale! I don't know. None of this would have happened if it wasn't for you. What? That's right! For being such a goddamn good Samaritan. And oh my God, she's drowning, Tucker. Oh, let's save her. Oh, let's save her. Well, Hell. at least she's still alive. Oh, holla fucking Louis. Don't you dare blame us on her. I'm not blaming this whole thing on her. I'm blaming this whole thing on you. Well, you know what, Tucker? None of this would have happened if we hadn't have gone fishing. <laughs> that isn't even an option. I don't even like fishing. You don't like... What do you mean you don't like fishing? I, I mean... I like, I like it okay, you know. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Tucker. Did I hurt your feelings? I'm sorry. Yeah, you kind of did. There are enough of these moments that I know they're lighthearted and I know they're funny, but it would be neat if they could have been incorporated a little more realistically into the film. I don't know. Does that make sense? It makes sense. I, I don't disagree with you, but I just didn't feel the same way. I mean, it's... It's so circumstantial. Everything is so circumstantial. I mean, obviously, none of this would really ever happen. Oh, it's a big farce. Right. And so it, that, it didn't bother me. I mean, yes, it obviously, it was a weird time when they're being shot at for them to stop and have a little chit-chat together. <laughs> um, but it's also, you know, that's kind of the nature of their relationship. You know, like, they bounce things off one another. They're cute. They're almost like a little married couple. Uh-huh. Um, and so, yeah, totally unrealistic, but funny. I mean, after, you know, they don't even know what's going on. They have no idea what's going on. Yeah. They just want to help this girl. And they were hoping that she'd come, you know, her friends would come and pick her up in the morning. Uh, and they've got these misperceptions of what's going on. Um, and so eventually Allie wakes up. She's been unconscious, but she wakes up and uh, Dale comes out carrying a tray and she kind of freaks out and starts crying. And he says, oh, no, no, don't cry. I'm sorry. You don't like pancakes. I'll make something else. <laughs> um, and he goes back in the kitchen and closes the door and she kind of starts to, quit, you know, the look on her face is what's what's going on here. And when he comes back again with a different meal that he's cooked her, then he explains what happened and she realizes that she misjudged. And Dale and Allie kind of, it's it's cute. You know, they have this little... It starts out just very friendly because he's... How, how would you describe him? Simple isn't the right word. He's just... He's not simple inside, but he comes across as simple on the outside. He's just a fun-loving kind of good old boy, but very sensitive. Very sensitive. And uh, obviously a little insecure, but he gets very excited that this girl is... Uh, he's a gentleman. He's very much a gentleman with her. And then you find out he's a bit of an intellectual, too, in his own way. He's, he says, I'm about as dumb as, what does he say? I'm about as dumb as you can get, but there are just a lot of things that I know. Like, when I hear I remember something, I remember I hear, it. Yeah. And so he sits down and plays trivial, like a trivial pursuit kind of game with her, and he's beating her, you know? It's, it's, right. It's, <laughs> which, which leads to a great joke, because then after the kid impales himself, Tucker and Dale come back, and, and she says, and, and Tucker's all, it's, it's gross. He's all got welts all over his face from the bees. He looks terrible. Um, <laughs> and uh, she says, I'll go, I'll go find my friends if they're out there. And, and I think Dale, trying to be chivalrous, says, no, 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 we'll go find him, won't we, Tucker? And Tucker kind of reluctantly says, yeah, yeah, we'll go. And we know what the reaction from these kids is going to be. These guys look, you know, they look like 
something out of a horror movie, kind of. Yeah, especially with um, the bee stings all over. Yeah, and uh, then when the kids, they, they hear Tucker and Dale coming, they kind of scatter and are hiding nearby, and so they overhear the conversation, and um, uh, Dale is saying, you should have seen me, a, a smart college girl like her, and I was beating her ass, or something like that. I was beating <laughs> right. the crap out of her. And uh, he's talking about playing Trivial Pursuit, and Tucker says, you beat the crap out of everybody. There, there's something wrong with your brain. Uh, and so they just get these mixed messages. They're calling out for the college kids college kids college kids we got your friend um and eventually they the kids don't come out because they're hiding and uh dale says let's leave him a note uh and so the kids have left a hatchet behind there he takes the hatchet and he carves into a a log what we have your we We got your friend we got your friend again which i mean why wouldn't he have carved we have allison you know right there's I know, I know. It's for the movie. It's for that. It's fine. I'm not going to pick it apart too much because it's because it is a comedy and it's supposed to be. One guy plunges himself headfirst in a wood chipper while he's charging after them. Yeah, like they're going to go rescue her. They're going to go rescue Allison, and that means they have to take them out. So that um, was one of the funniest scenes. Oh, it's hilarious! It's such dark comedy because poor. Poor Tucker is standing here trying to pull these legs out, and when he's done, he turns off the chipper. He goes, "Are you okay?" (laughs) <laughs> Half of this kid has completely been ripped up. <laughs> they have a hard time pulling it out. In the meantime, he's saying, well, I hope they don't charge me extra right. at the rental place for this. <laughs> yeah, and during this same kind of ambush, the guy who was going after uh, Dale with a spear trips, and both uh, Dale and Allie fall into this hole. They've been digging an outhouse hole, which, of course, the friends misinterpreted as them making her dig her own grave. But they fall backwards uh, into it, and this kid trips and just impales himself (laughs) on this spear. That he was carrying. Yeah, and just slides slowly down the ground on top of Dale, and Dale's, like, freaking out. (laughs) Oh, it's a hilarious scene. So then they don't know what's going on. They get Allie back inside, but they have no idea what's going on. The only thing that they can figure is that this is some sort of suicide cult because these kids are just killing themselves. Um, but, but they, they also recognize that if they went to the police, the police wouldn't believe them. Exactly. So they are in a pickle, you know. And, and the reason the kids don't go to the cops is Chad. Chad is really getting off on all mm-hmm. this. It's clear that when Chad came out into the woods, he was just hoping something like this would happen. He's been playing around with his hatchet, throwing it at a tree. He, he's rather disturbing. And this is another part where I thought it was maybe a little too much, where I felt like, if you're any of Chad's friends, by this time, Chad, you'd be tying this guy up because he's crazy, you know? Yeah. You wouldn't be going along with what he says. Oh, yeah, there's no subtlety. No. Um, he's pretty nuts. He's getting off on this, and... It's Chad's idea then that, that they well they they all want to go to the police and so they go back and get this cop. Uh, this cop drives back in and Chad's like you idiots, mm. uh, and he comes out and confronts them. And then you have that scene you know was going to come anyway, where they are mumbling over themselves trying to explain what happened. Meanwhile, course, they're dragging the half of this body right. behind them and implicating themselves in every innocent thing that they say including telling him that there's a girl in his bedroom Uh, back at the cabin. And the cop goes and investigates and looks at her and says, oh, you guys are in trouble. You know, you think I'm stupid. But... As we I told were, you, as we were set up from the very beginning, there was this loose board in the in the uh, there's this loose beam that was being held up by another beam in the cabin, and 
the policeman leans against it, which swings down this beam, which has a whole bunch of rusty nails in the end of it, gets it right in the face, and he dies. Mm -hmm. It's this... Well, not before he stumbles back outside. (laughs) Stumbles to the kids, who are there freaking out in the car, tries to pull out the radio, he falls down. These poor kids are being brutalized, too, by all this. It's, It's... it's pretty funny. Yeah, one of the one of the kids jumps out and gets the cop's gun, <coughs> and uh, he's he's pointing it at Tucker and Dale, trying to pull the trigger. And Dale goes, "Oh, you gotta take the safety off on the side there." And so the kid, stupid kid, t- takes the gun and turns it around, points it himself, releases the safety, and shoots, shoots himself in the head, blows his head off. <laughs> the, the other kids are freaking out, um, which obviously. I guess you would be <laughs> with all this carnage going on. It's really pretty clever. You know, a lot of horror films, it's always the challenge. Part of what makes the slasher film what it is and what makes it unique and what makes you be able to watch the same, essentially the same movie over and over again is the creativity behind the kills, right? Yeah. What's the killer going to do? And you just have to one-up yourself with every sequel. This movie has it doubly difficult because not only does it have to have these creative kills, but it's got to have them in such a way that they're all accidents. Right. It's self-inflicted. You right, know? right. And it is, cl- and that's the thing, like if you are if you are a slasher fan, you're going to get the gore and, and stuff out of this. I mean, I, I really think that their main goal was the comedy, but yes. they don't neglect Not those all. violent, bloody deaths either. So if you, you know, there's a good, we said it was kind of ridiculous for it to be nine kids. I mean, that's kind of excessive. <laughs> Usually it's like three or four, but they kill every single one of them off. You know, like I was numbering going down the list and I guess not technically every single one, but almost. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> At that point, you know, Allie's awake. She Chad is he's got the cop's gun now. He's he's shooting at them. Eventually he stops shooting and they look out and he's got Dale's dog. Um yep. Jangers. Jangers. <laughs> Cute <laughs> <This> dog. Ugly. <laughs> ugly dog. Ugly, but like they've tried to find the ugliest big he's bulldog. Like missing they can find. An eye. Yeah, that's funny. Um <laughs> But, you know, of course, they're worried about the... Dale's real worried about the dog, so um, Tucker is going to sneak around the back and try to release the dog. That kind of backfires in that he gets caught and chased through the woods. They catch him and they string him up, and when he wakes up... Uh, he tries to reason with them. You know, he doesn't have any idea. He doesn't know what they've, what he and Dale have done to deserve this. He says something like, Okay, don't, don't, look. I know you kids are having fun, but I am not a thrill seeker. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but Chad is talking to him like, I've never been this close to pure evil before. I've never smelled. Yeah. Evil. Oh, it stinks. <laughs> <laughs> in the meantime, Tucker's like, I got some beers in the cooler. We got all, I got right. probably 20 or 30. We can all, They're on ice right now. Yeah, and he says this is for... I don't know, one of the people who died, and he takes his hatchet and he chops off um, a couple of, uh, of uh, Tucker's, Tucker's fingers. fingers. And then they they wrap him up in a piece of Tucker's shirt and put him on the porch with a note that says, now we've got your friend, come and get him. Uh, and Allie, who has woken up and who has been talking to Dale, can't believe any of this is going on. She's like, my friends aren't crazy what's going on but then she (laughs) goes outside (laughs) and sees all the carnage around and finds that note and finds the fingers and she pretty much seems to know that chad's behind it to some degree Uh, you know this is the part where the movie really gets 
I shouldn't say it, it isn't disturbing up until this point, but the Chad's going pretty ballistic on poor Tucker, who we know is innocent, and that scene bothered me. Yeah, it's pretty brutal. Um, when he cuts his fingers off, uh, you, at first you almost think he's cut off his whole arm mm. or his hand. I think that's probably about the time when the laughs get a little lower, mm-hmm. um, and maybe necessarily so, because we're we're starting to wrap it up, we're starting right. to see. Chad becomes the antagonist right. suddenly. He's the bad film. guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, He's definitely, if there is a bad guy in this film, it's definitely him. He has clearly lost it. And you do wonder what the chip is on his shoulder, you know? Right, right. Right. So Dale goes out to find Tucker, and they've set a trap, and the trap's kind of funny or whatever, but um, (laughs) meanwhile, that was just so um, that it was, a, I guess, a distraction so that Chad and Black Girl, doesn't have a name, um, come in to the cabin and are, like, crawling around and whispering, and she's like, why are you whispering? There's nobody else here. It's fine. And she tries... Allison, excuse me, yeah. Um, She tries to explain what's been going on but they're just kind of not hearing it and then Tucker and Dale get back and they're you know they're kind of quipping back and forth and Allie who is a psychology major <laughs> that's right sits them down for some Earl Grey tea because Chad can't have chamomile tea because it messes up with his asthma yeah one of the running gags is that Chad's been sucking on an asthma thing this whole time and, and, and smoking cigarettes yeah yeah <laughs> He'll take a a drag off the cigarette, then take a hit off the inhaler and exhale them both at the same time. Smart kid. Um, So she tries to sit them down and get them to talk about their feelings. And in what's really kind of a funny piece of dialogue, she says, Chad, you go first. And he says, where do you want me to start? She says, wherever you'd like. And he says... A long time ago, before I was born. And she was like, maybe that's a little too far back. But he, he says, no, it's relevant. And he basically tells the same story that he told before, except for that now we find out that two of the people involved in that massacre that he had described before were his parents. And only his mother, who was pregnant with him at the time, escaped. And she, from the time he had been born, had been in a mental institution. He was raised by his grandmother, which gives us, you know, a little bit of insight into his state of mind. Mm-hmm. Um, Dale tries to kind of explain his perspective, too. They think they've got it all worked out. But really, the truth is, Chad just doesn't care. Yeah. Um, and when the remaining two, the other two, the black guy, I think, and another, the big booby girl, um, they b- jump in before any of the rational sane people can explain what's going on, um, Chad flips out and like throws a lantern into some gasoline that he had already splashed on the wall. The house goes up in flames. Burns up the guy. People are getting dis... You know, <laughs> again, it's just a series of mishaps. The the black guy comes in with like a weed whacker or something or some kind of like yeah, saw on a long pole or something and he... He goes at Tucker with it, but Tucker ducks, and and the the black girl is behind, so she gets that right in the face. The blonde, who has been lighting cigarettes throughout, lights up a cigarette in this big blaze with gasoline, and the the house explodes, and the only ones to get out, to make it out, are Tucker and Dale and Allie. And so it, it seems like that's kind of it, but then we get into even more classic slasher type stuff and uh you always got to double check to make sure the bad guy's dead after the first after the first round that's right he comes after them <clears throat> they pile in the truck and uh drive off but because uh dale is not paying attention as he drives he drives right into an uprooted tree and when he wakes up uh, Allie is gone 
and uh, Tucker is against a tree saying she's gone. She took off. I tried to stop them, but I couldn't. He's obviously injured in some way. Mm-hmm. You know, it's weird that Chad didn't just hack him to bits, but I guess he didn't. Right. And so they have their moment. Again, another one of these scenes, it's cute, but in the heat of the moment, it is awfully unrealistic that they're pausing to have this, uh, basically a therapy session right. is what it is. Right. What I'm trying to tell you is that you're better than you think you are. Listen to me. That girl sees it. I've seen the way that the two of you look at each other. I think that she really sees you for who you are. Who knows, maybe after this is all done, you two can uh, date. (laughs) I doubt it. Damn it. That's what I'm talking about. I don't want any more negativity. Okay. Stop it. Okay. You are a good man. You're smart. And you're strong. And you're not as ugly as you think you are. Yeah, you know, that, that, uh, you're absolutely right, you know. But that happens in horror movies all the time, yeah. when people should be taking action and said they stop to do something else. Like like light up a, sit down and light up a cigarette, for right. example. <laughs> I actually really liked this scene. It uh, was a good scene. As far as, because, you know, it's it like I said, it's a cute relationship between these two guys. They've been friends since they were kids, and it's... It's obviously the wrong time, but, you know, <laughs> Tucker is, is trying to build his confidence. You know, you can do this. You know, you got to go after the things you want in life. Go get her. Um, maybe after this, you could, like, date or something. He's trying to uh, give him confidence, and it's 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 silly, but the actors play it sincere. That's true. And uh, Their friendship really comes through. Yeah, and, you know, uh, they even get emotional, and, you know, it... it it was cute. I, you know, it's kind of a nice little buddy scene, yeah. and I, I liked it. And they go, and sure enough, like he Jangers is able to show him where Chad has taken Allie. And, of course, he's taken her to the big sawmill up uh, the hill. <laughs> How many more of these things yeah. can you throw in here? And, sure enough, Chad has also tied Allie to a board. Um, like snidely, classic villain style. Yeah, snidely whiplash style to this board right in front of a... Uh, Big uh, saw. Table saw. Table saw. A, a ridiculously large table saw. <laughs> just so goofy, man. Sometimes you, I just felt like I was watching uh, <laughs> Rocky and Bullwinkle. Yeah, uh, something like that. Yeah, so he goes in and arms himself to the teeth with some stuff that he found in there. Some boot spikes and... Chainsaw. Chainsaw and whatnot. And there's a big battle between him and Chad. And he manages to cut the rope off of Allie so that she can escape in the nick of time before Mm -hmm. she goes into the saw. He and Allie are able to retreat upstairs uh, in this place, and they come across a newspaper article. Yeah, as luck would have it. This is just, I mean, again, I, I just have to fault the movie here, that there's too much of this in it. You could write it so many other ways, but they chose to do it this way, and that's fine. But this is where they finally piece two and two together, is that uh, Allie finds this newspaper, and on the front cover of this newspaper, lo and behold, it's about the massacre that happened. Uh And she sees the hillbilly that they caught and sees that he has a strange resemblance to Chad. And when she reads the details, she finds out that actually this guy was Chad's father. Mm -hmm. And uh, his mother was raped, and so Chad is half hillbilly. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They confront him with this as he breaks in, and luckily... Also very luckily. Yeah. There's some chamomile tea yeah. also <laughs> up in there that 
Tucker uh, Dale. Dale throws in the face of Chad, and he starts sneezing and backs his way out a door. Of course, they're up like three stories yeah. and falls to his death. Yeah, very, very um, uh, Friday the Thirteenth Part Three. Yes, <laughs> that's right. The the really bad one. <laughs> <laughs> too much coincidence there. Too All right, now silliness. I'm going to call you on that a little bit uh, because just a few weeks ago you had me watch a Gallo uh, Giallo film. Oh, you're right. And, and that, that, <laughs> every every single time they the trail went cold, something magically would pop up, and it made no sense. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. You know, at least this did make sense. Sense. At least these things were, uh, they were foreshadowed earlier in the film, right? right? Oh, it, it's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. It, there's no way, there's no, they but find, they very find, much deus ex machina oh, right absolutely. there at the very end yeah, when they're they, cornered. They find one newspaper. It's not like, like it's not even like she's looking through a box of <laughs> no. papers or anything. They find one newspaper and it happens to be that one. There happens to be a box of chamomile tea when he has said earlier, oh yeah, I, it messes with my asthma. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. But I think to me that's funny like it, it's so ridiculous that that's funny that's true again it's very cartoony and yeah you could make the argument the whole movie's really been a big cartoon yes, anyway absolutely so i'm not gonna hang on it too much this right. is not the movie to go super critical oh no 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 um that i mean then that's pretty much it um we get a, a couple little tag scenes where dale goes and visits tucker in the hospital so we find out that he's made it it kind of had looked like he wasn't going to make it but he did and there's a, a gag where he says look they found my fingers and he holds up his hands and it's clearly not his fingers they found fingers from the girls one of the fingernails is painted <clears throat> um and and dale's like oh yeah that looks real good buddy um but tucker says uh tell me you asked her out tell me you asked her out and uh i think if i remember correctly dale says something like nah i i couldn't i couldn't do it or something like that and tucker goes oh man and he goes but she did say she really likes to bowl so we're going bowling. <laughs> and then it cuts to a cute scene at the end with uh, him and Allie bowling um, at the bowling alley. And he gives her a present and it's a pink helmet because she's been getting herself knocked out over and over again throughout the course of the movie. And it's just a cute little tag. And then we return to that bookend. We're no longer in, in like seeing through the camera lens, but we see that it's the same scene from the beginning with the reporter going in. And now we see that it's that sawmill that she's going into um, after all this has happened. And we we hear on the television that, um, or we had heard on Tucker's television in his hotel room or his uh, hospital room that the the body of the killer was never found. Mm -hmm. And so, as this reporter's going through, Chad in his gross, burned up state pops up, and that's it. That's that's the end of the movie. I don't, you know, I really don't even think that they were setting it up for a sequel so much as they were just doing that because that's. How that, these movies end. Right. You've got to leave a little bit of room for a sequel. I would bet that if they do a sequel, they won't go there. I yeah. don't I don't think it'll... I, Chad won't be, you know... A part of it. No, no you're probably right. Mm -hmm. Well, you've got to keep the killer mystery in a sense. Right. You know, it won't be... You know, we're dealing with Chad again. Did you feel like the relationship between Dale and Allie was convincing? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, the, I I looked at their names, and I'm terrible with names. I have to write down the character names, so remembering actor names is virtually impossible. But this guy who who plays Dale is really endearing. He seems like somebody that you would really want to be friends with, and he is the kind of guy that I think sometimes these gorgeous, gorgeous girls, if they give them a chance, they find out, you know, what a good guy they are, and 
you may have kind of an odd mismatch as far as looks go. And he's not an ugly guy. No, he's not. He's he, not. I mean, he's, he's a real teddy bear. Yeah. But and, and she is also the kind of girl who wouldn't... She's not the ditzy blonde. She's right. the smart, intelligent one who's probably looking for a smart, intelligent guy. And uh, she's finding what she likes in him. And they do hit it off. They get along pretty well. And he's, like you said before, he's such a gentleman with her. I mean, it would be hard not to at least appreciate that. Yeah, I thought it was played really well. You know, the 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 random college kids played it very stereotypically, but I think that that was intentional. Yeah. Um, and Chad played very over-the-top disturbed, but I think it was intentional. Mm-hmm. I, I think that um, they were going for that kind of melodramatic thing. But... With but the acting was still good. I mean, if that's what they were going for, they they did it well. Yeah. And those moments that we talked about between Tucker and Dale, some of them funny, some of them cute, some of them kind of sentimental, and the sweet moments between Dale and um, Allie, I think they all read really well. Yeah. I, I I really enjoyed this film. I agree with you too. I think when you talk about choices, part of the spoof of this film is that these other characters, the college kids, were over the top cardboard cutouts almost like the bad actors in an 80s horror film. And they played that well. I wonder if this movie was a little bit ahead of its time, because I'm really pleased to see a lot more of these horror comedies coming out. They're kind of flying under the radar. Mm. You know, they're not getting big theatrical releases, but I've watched several recently that have have really been good. Um, I watched a movie recently, uh, Cooties, um, about uh, school kids, uh, 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 an (laughs) infestation of school kid zombies, and it's got Rain Wilson (laughs) and Elijah Wood and some other really funny people. Um, I watched uh, The Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse, which was really funny just recently oh gosh what uh, freaks of nature i just watched which um is about this town where humans vampires and zombies coexist peacefully until there's an alien invasion and then they it's it's <laughs> it's funny um and then uh my favorite one that i hope that we watch together soon uh the final girls with uh, malin ackerman um and tasia farmiga there's all these movies coming out and they've got this you know they poke fun at themselves but they do it well mm. and i'm really digging these movies i hope that they keep coming out and i hope that they kind of get um, a little bit more widespread attention. There's shades of Cabin in the Woods, too. Oh, isn't yeah. It? Yeah, very much so. In this film, maybe more than anything else, you almost get the sense that perhaps Cabin in the Woods was inspired by this film a little bit. Maybe. Oh, Eli Craig, the director, this is about all he's done. He hasn't done much since. He may be involved in the sequel that I you were talking about. I think that he is. I think that it's he and the two lead actors who have have confirmed that they... But like I said, I mean, it's just in development. You know, yeah. so many things linger in development hell forever. So who knows if we'll ever see it. It would be interesting to see. I'm a little disappointed he doesn't seem to be doing much more. But again, the film only grossed uh, not even a quarter of a million dollars uh, domestically. Mm -hmm. It's still under the radar for so many people. Thankfully, it's on Netflix now. So if you have a Netflix account, you can totally watch this movie. Oh, and I so recommend it. You know, it's just fun. You know, we wanted to do, we've done some kind of heady movies recently, and those are great too. They're a lot of fun to talk about. But, you know, we just wanted to (laughs) to have some kind of mindless fun. And that's what this is. You know, we, we sit here and drink our cheap beer and laugh. And uh, if that's what you're going for, I definitely recommend this film. Thank you again for listening. If you enjoyed our podcast, please check us out on Facebook. You can subscribe to us on iTunes and also on Stitcher. Share this podcast with a friend. Leave us a comment on our website or on our Facebook page and let us know what you think and as well as recommend some new movies. Until next week, I'm Todd. And I'm Craig. With Two Guys in a Chainsaw. Mm-hmm.